Welcome back to our Total Sense Bite Size episodes. I'm Tom Hensky, and I'm here to help parents teach their kids about money. Today, I'll be preparing you for your next money dinnertime conversation with your kids. In this short episode, I'll give you a few questions to help prompt the conversation. Nothing more, just some helpful questions to ask, and I'll also give you some of the responses you're likely to hear. This should be enough to help pique their curiosity about money. You are simply stopping the trend of money being a taboo topic in the household. You're not trying to claim that you're money smart yourself. You're not trying to make them a financial guru. You're just getting the conversation going to open their minds. Let's jump right in. Today's episode is Warn Them About Money Safety. It was Benjamin Franklin who coined that phrase, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. When it comes to safeguarding your assets and your reputation, that's great advice. We work so hard to build our financial futures and relationships, yet it's so easy for that all to be thrown away in the cyber world we live in. Building good habits that protect your identity and net worth can start at a really young age. That's when we're developing good habits. And while the techniques that the world's unsavory characters use change from year to year, the idea that you're putting your family's financial security front of mind and taking those extra steps can be modeled by your kids. So let's jump into how you'll start the discussion. It seems like a lot of financial conversations that we've been having lately are centered around safety and protection. Think about it. We've talked about insurance, investment portfolio diversification, and even legal documents. But there's one conversation that parents typically don't have with their kids, and that's money safety. And by the way, that might be the most important of all. Why? Think about it. We work so hard to make the money. Then we work so hard to save the money that it would be a shame and careless if we lost that money by not making smart choices to protect it. Okay, let's go to step one. And today, folks, if you've listened to our other episodes, there's only going to be a step one. Here's why. Let's start big picture. It might seem like an overly simplistic question, but here's what you'll ask. What does the word safety mean? Not about money, just in general. You're going to get an answer that sounds something about protection, protected from, or you'll even get unlikely to cause danger. When it comes to money safety, what do you think that means? Here's where we're just gonna go with the flow today, parents. They're going to give you a series of answers. I have identified seven things that I think that are important for you to talk about. They'll probably get three or four of them. Let's go over the seven things that I think are important to go through in the course of this conversation. First, using paper. Second, protecting your social security number. Third, using hard currency. Fourth, social media. You knew I was gonna talk about that. Fifth, talking about money in social settings. Six, reading the fine print in documents that you're signing. And the last one, and I'm leaving it for last, loaning money to friends. That's a great conversation. So let's jump into first, using paper. There was a study released by the Better Business Bureau that reminded us that a lot of identity theft comes from paper-based channels. Some people tend to think that it's online, but it's really not. You'll love these numbers. Do you realize that people who monitor their investment accounts online, when they do have a loss, it usually averages about $500. Having said that, when someone monitors their accounts using paper statements, the average loss is more along the lines of $4,500. That's a $4,000 difference. After sharing those numbers, here's what I want you to ask your kids. 
what can our family do to protect against fraud from paper statements? This is going to be the duh conversation because they're just going to say something like, well, stop getting paper statements. Yes, but that's not always realistic. Here are some things that you wanna make sure that they're coming up with. First, yes, replace the paper bills with electronic versions. Second, shred, then shred, and then shred some more. Third, sign up for automatic deposits. Fourth, be militant about getting to that mailbox. And if you're going away for a couple weeks, just stop the mail while you'll be gone. If you have to use paper, keep an eye open for when items such as your credit card statements don't come in. Finally, don't keep all your passwords on a piece of paper. I hope you're smiling right now because even though we intuitively know not to do that, you would be amazed how many people do it. Where I found successful people using things like 1Password or LastPass or Keeper, which I haven't used personally, but people have had success with, some people just have an Excel spreadsheet, they don't print it out, they have a password protected, and then they keep it somewhere on the cloud. Okay, number two, protect that social security number. Here's a fun fact to share with the kids. And I can tell you, I used to think that the reason social security numbers were invented was to establish some sort of national identification of Americans. And that was wrong. Actually, during the development of the Social Security Act of 1935, it was an economist named Edwin Witt who came up with the idea of using them to track the new retirement system payments. The number's sole purchase at the time was tracking one's earnings history for use in the determination of those benefit levels. Obviously, it has many more uses today, but it's a common form of identity theft. With your Social Security number, new credit cards can be applied for, tax refunds can be redirected, the list is endless, and all of these have disastrous effects to your credit score. So you can guess the next question to your kids, how can we avoid this from happening? You're going to get a number of responses, but make sure you have things like memorize your social security number and don't carry around the card in your wallet. While you're at it, take that card and put it somewhere safe and don't leave it out at home. And finally, be very guarded about who you're sharing your number with. Always ask, why do you need that? Now, I get it, a bank, an investment company, they might need it, but the fast food delivery people don't. And if they feel like they do, just pick another place to eat. Number three, I refer to as using hard currency. In my mind, I keep asking myself, is it even worth it to teach our kids about managing actual money? Yes, I'm talking about paper currency and coins. Will the next generation even use these? While I'm not 100% confident they will be using it 10 years from now, they are today, so let's just talk about it. I put this into two categories. First is ATM risk. That's right, I can't be the first person to have wondered as I'm taking my money out if a robber is going to hold me up and steal all my money. I get it, totally unlikely. However, being aware of your surroundings is super important. Locking the doors as you drive through the ATM is important. Not counting your money in front of the ATM is probably smart. And of course, if someone attempts to rob you, just give them the money. My mother used to warn me, Things can be replaced, people can't. Just give them the money. The second is carrying physical money. Now, this is a subject where we're thinking about traveling abroad. That's where most people think about it. Old school, we used to use traveler's checks. New school, they're using prepaid travel cards. Carrying paper currency is also important to talk to your kids about. Split it up. 
don't have all your money in one spot. If you're traveling, you could use a money belt, money socks. I've even heard of pocket underwear. Yes, a money bra is available on Amazon for you to purchase at a very low cost. Number four, social media. You've heard me talk about this before, but it's worth repeating. This one is not new news for anyone. Set strong passwords. A mix of character types, and they should be fairly long. I'm not a tech guru, but I hear 10 to 12 characters is usually sufficient. Don't post sensitive information, including your financial account information or photo IDs. Do I even need to say that to everybody? Yes, I do, because it happens. And whatever you do, don't post about your great two-week vacation that you're on. That is giving an invitation to trouble. You don't want to announce to the world that you won't be home for a couple of weeks, and then next thing you know, you come home and there's nothing in the home. Finally, monitor your security settings for a social media platform, including things like use different passwords from platform to platform. Change those passwords every once in a while. This one I personally find annoying, two-step authentication. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt, I get it, it is annoying. But while you're having this whole conversation with the kids, I think you can also talk to them about not posting things that they don't want other people to see. Specifically, colleges they may wanna to go to or employers they may wanna work for. Fifth, I call talking about money publicly. This is a great one. I've been a financial advisor for all these years and I've forged amazing relationships with my clients, I think, because I know everything about their finances and there's no one else in the world that knows that. While the theme of Total Sense is not making money a taboo topic in your own house, I would say it's quite all right to make it a taboo topic in social circles. Can you imagine someone at a party asking you, so, how much did you make last year? Or, What's your net worth? Never. Ally Bank survey showed that 70% of Americans think that it's rude to talk about money. I must admit that I agree that talking about money in public is probably not a great thing. Share that with your child that there's really no reason to do that. My bottom line advice, do talk about money in the home. Don't talk about money or any personal detailed financial information in social settings. Number six, reading the fine print. I'm now going to admit to everyone on this podcast that I am guilty. I've clicked documents that I haven't read completely. Is anyone with me on that one? I bet there are a few of you. However, I completely understand that how today's compliance-filled legal society is just about clicking, I agree, I agree, I agree, just so you could get to the next screen. For me, this is personally frustrating that we've made things so hard for normal customers to understand that reading is becoming a thing of the past because it's all legalese. I will admit that I've gotten caught in some of those introductory free offers that switch over after three months to a paid subscription. I always find it impossible how do I get out of that and unsubscribe. It's important to know what you're signing up for, whether it be understanding what your insurance policy will or won't cover, or what fees a credit card are going to charge. You have to read the fine print. Number seven, making loans to friends. I have to tell you, I hemmed and hawed about including this one in the episode. I've tried to avoid it because it's controversial, but I'm going to throw it out there. But please, don't be mad at me if you disagree. I'm on board with helping the less fortunate people, especially those in our circles. Over the years, I've watched clients with money get approached by family members and friends for a loan, usually because ah, they just hit a rough patch. I get it. 
but I've also seen good relationships deteriorate when these loans take place for a number of reasons. Let's talk about a couple of them. The first one, the borrower feels embarrassed and thus after the loan is made, they avoid all interaction with their lending friend just because they're ashamed. The second is the lender watches the borrower spend money on what they deem to be frivolous things, which leads to feelings of resentment because they're not paying the loan back. You have the money to pay on that, but you can't pay me back? That causes a strain. I could go on with a few others, but I think you get it. Here's my advice. Don't lend money to family members or friends if you can help it. Clients once told me that they gifted the money to a friend as they wanted to avoid all of the pitfalls that I just talked about. I thought that was a great thing to do, but I have to tell you, I was a little bit skeptical about it because while it sounded good, I really think in the back of their mind, they were thinking, I hope he pays that money back. Okay, let me get out of this conversation before I dig the hole any deeper and let's get to the conversation wrap up. Here's what I would say to the kids. This was a great conversation. When it comes to money safety, it's usually a matter of just slowing down and not being careless. As long as you have that risk in front of your mind, common sense will help you make the right call. I hope you enjoyed our episode of Total Sense. A special thank you goes out to Verso Studios at the Westport Library. Tune in for our next Money Chat.